0: when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's
1: com. Hello, everybody. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know it's been a minute and I've seen the questions coming in asking where and when I'm going to be uploading episodes over here again. There were some changes on the back end of this podcast that allowed me a little bit of time to stop posting here. And the only reason why I didn't give an explanation is because I ultimately didn't have one at the time. Lately I've been really trying to follow my gut and if I were to have used my brain to try and pinpoint like exactly what my strategy was or what day the episodes would be coming back, I I just found myself coming up blank because I was really trying to figure out from a podcast perspective where I wanted to head. Anyway, I listened and the path, you know, revealed itself at least for the next Few steps that I can see. So, this week and next week, I'm going to be uploading all of the episodes that haven't gone live since May, all of the ones that went up over on the All Things Co's YouTube channel in video form. While I keep listening to my gut, I'll let you know any changes, but for now, you can expect the episodes to return on a more regular basis to your ears and your podcast platforms after we catch up that is so this week and next week you can actually enjoy some daily uploads monday to friday starting today with a really cool chat i had with the stream of david so this chat is super deep like i can't think of a better word for it and really interesting if you're open to hearing just two spiritual folk chat over a coffee so cozy on in brew yourself up a cup and enjoy Hey everybody, what's up? And welcome back to my channel. For today's Coffee Talk, we're going to be doing something a little different. I've recently started bringing interviewers onto the podcast and it's been such a fun and new experience. And today's chat is a really cool one. Like I feel like this conversation ended up flowing so well and there's so many pockets of knowledge here. So definitely stick around if you'd like to see my recent interview with David from the stream of David. So thank you so much for joining me today for the Coffee Talk podcast. For those that are tuning in and listening today, would you mind introducing yourself and just giving a bit of a background of your story? Sure. Uh,
2: My name is David Strickle. Uh, I am a channel of Source Consciousness. Uh, The Source Consciousness that I channel, we have given it the name The Stream uh, because it's not human. (laughs) So we call it The Stream of David. Uh, That's my podcast and we're known just about everywhere as The Stream of David. And uh, I channel on podcasts sometimes, if, if you and your audience are up for that, I can do that. If not, we can just talk about the stream's teachings uh, and the Taya practice, which is something that I co-created uh, with the stream, which is really the practical application of the stream's teachings. It's okay. a spiritual mindset practice that I teach people all over the world. Uh, and when they apply it in their lives, they raise their vibration and really activate more or less of an awakening experience. And um, really get into a a pattern of non-fear and non-judgment where you're not living in a state of perfection, but you're certainly living in a a more constant state of joy, clarity, and abundance in your source connection.
1: Amazing. Okay, so how far back would you say did you first start getting into spirituality or start connecting with the stream, let's say?
2: Uh, You know, really, I can can recall now uh, as far back as age five or six, Uh, having knowledge of what we would call universal law, that we create our own reality. And the thing that happened in my life is I had parents that were very disconnected from my life. They divorced when I was very early. Neither of them were really interested in being a parent, uh, to me at least. And I was sort of left to my own devices. And this knowing that I used to call it, that we now call the stream, guided me through life, uh, kept me out of uh, bad situations, even though Uh, I was not a good student. I didn't have a a lot of supervision as a child. My life could have gone in a lot of bad directions, uh, but it didn't. And I recall at age 14, uh, this was uh, way back in 1982, so a long time ago, uh, telling my brother in detail about what we would now call the law of attraction, understanding how we create our reality. But then of course, getting into more of the spiritual aspects of, of all of that than just the material aspects, because I spent a long time utilizing that knowledge to to manifest money and material things, as we're kind of taught to do in this world, until I got into my early 40s and realized that wasn't really bringing me happiness, that I needed to, to manifest joy and manifest clarity and manifest really what ended up being an awakening experience for myself. And to me, to this day, I don't hold any judgment around anyone's desire to manifest anything, even my own. But the manifestation of joy and clarity is so important that there's no amount of material wealth or experiences or things that ever make up for that. Because that's been my life experience so far.
1: Right, okay, so what was your spiritual awakening like then? Like what, how did that process come to be and and what did it feel like to go through that?
2: Uh, That was a long journey for me. Uh, Again, from the time that I was a teenager, uh, really focusing on, you know, understanding the universal law of attraction, and thinking that having a lot of nice stuff and money was going to be the thing that made me happy. I carried that into my 20s and 30s. But while I was doing that, I also was seeing a lot of psychics trying to figure out because by then I understood that the knowledge that I was receiving was a little different, than I was a little different, perhaps. Uh, that everybody wasn't getting these, these big blocks of clarity that I was receiving. So I kept that hidden for years. And then when I got really toward my late thirties, early forties, uh, it was getting more and more and more uncomfortable, um, to not really know what was going on. So I really started exploring it on a deeper level. And again, I was still keeping it hidden and I was told by a psychic that I was a channel. Uh, I, I sort of ignored that for a few more years after that until. Things started happening in my life that would be considered supernatural, just a lot of energetic things around me uh, and a lot of situations that were quite magical actually happening that led me down the path of starting to pay attention to what uh, you might call spirituality. Uh, I started a meditation practice at that point, and this was in 2010. I uh, had what a lot of people call a kundalini awakening. Okay. where I meditated. It was one of the first times I ever really sat and, and seriously you know, worked to learn to quiet my mind. I had this eruption of energy at the base of my spine that sort of electrified me. And in that electrification, I don't know how else to describe it, um, my information became much more pronounced. I started paying attention to the whole message that was being offered, not just the how to manifest things in my life message. And that was very transformative for me. I changed my whole life in my 40s based on this knowledge. And then in my late 40s, I I sort of came out of the closet as a channel and started sharing it publicly on my podcast, The Stream of David. And when I started that sharing, more and more and more information started coming and it was sort of like the more I interacted with other people, the more they questioned and asked and and, and were seeking clarity, the more information came out. So the channeling has really progressed just in a few years significantly. And then the mindset practice that came from that channeling is still progressing, continues just to evolve as we teach more people and learn how to teach it at a higher level we see people having these transformations that took me a decade within weeks which is incredible but the whole practice was channeled by the stream so it's it's unusual but it's very effective
1: right so i have two spin off questions then one being do you think that it was your openness to it that allowed it to expand for you like for you to get more channeling more, message, more messages channeled to you because you were opening up to it. Do you think that's why it got stronger? Definitely. Yeah. The,
2: the more I interact with other people and the more they questioned, the more comfortable I got with it, the less I judged it and the okay. less I feared it. Yeah. I never I never really feared the information. I feared the being found out and being judged as being weird or you know false or something like that. When I uh, detuned all of that fear, then it really started flowing.
1: Amazing, and then my second question is, were you ever overwhelmed by this? Like overwhelmed by the energetic things happening around you or the messages that you were channeling, was it ever a lot at once? Especially during the spiritual awakening point?
2: I would say early on, definitely. That's when I was living in a house that uh, I I wasn't so intentional about what I was tapping into. And I created a lot of, uh, there was a lot of fear in it. And I created almost like a haunted house scenario. (laughs) <laughs> there were things energetically happening in my home and I wasn't the only one witnessing this that were something like in a horror movie uh, until I learned to not judge or fear the energy and that was connecting me with the highest version of it. Then that got a lot easier. But in the channeling, the to this day when I channel, there can be a lot of stammering and it, it's, it's, it's different than energetically than speaking to me, but it sounds a lot like me, but there's this kind of stammering because there's so much information flowing. It's not like a dialogue that runs into my mind. It's just like, boom, instant clarity on a topic. And then even though I've sort of stepped back consciously and I'm allowing uh, them, as I call them, to flow through me, I'm not possessed. You know, it's, it's sort of like my consciousness has taken a back seat to this other consciousness that's flowing through me, but it's still using my intellect and vocabulary. So therefore, there are times that uh, maybe I'm seeking the, the right words, uh, you know, consciously to communicate something that is beyond human uh, in a human way so that it actually serves the audience. That, right. that still is something that occurs from time to time.
1: Right. So I guess that kind of leads me to my next question then, which is what do you what do you think the stream is? Like you said it's non-human, so I'm so curious what you would how you would describe it if you could in English.
2: I call it source. Okay. I, I, I believe we all have a connection to source and source. We tend to think in terms of, of of human terms. That's why we speak of guides and we speak of angels and, and it's our humanization of the energetic realm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. But mm-hmm. we, we, our minds create these scenarios so that we can make sense of the energetic realm because we don't have such direct access to it while we're in the physical vehicle. So to me, it's all source. Source mm-hmm. is every channel is channeling their version of source it may be identified differently but i was very inspired by abraham hicks you know she esther's sharing of of abraham made it uh quote unquote less weird for me in in the beginning i was it just felt like home when i listened to the abraham material early on and it reflected back a lot of the information that i was receiving so that getting comfortable with it, it, it's sort of like every channel uh, sort of takes the channel message a little further and a little further and sort of flavors it uh, based on their own human experience. So that's why the Abraham message and the stream message have a lot of similarities. They're not necessarily delivered the same way and with the same tools. Uh, I asked very early on, you know what's what's the point of another channel when I think Abraham is so great? And the answer was very clear that every channel has something different to offer to a different audience, and there could be some crossover for sure, but I would serve a different audience in a different way. Abraham is perfect and the stream is perfect. And every other channel that is authentically channeling out there is offering a message that's perfect for whomever they are vibrationally aligned with. So at that point, I also asked for a name you know all these channel entities seem to have a name it always seems to be a male name what's that about because i've never gotten that there was any you know gendering of the message
1: right
2: and the the response that i got was we we are not even a we we are not human we we are eternal consciousness and you're part of this and everyone's part of this right call us whatever you want and then they the name the stream just came in that this is a stream of consciousness So I'm going to call you the stream. And then when I started sharing it on the podcast, I just decided because my name is David, to call Mm -hmm. the stream David.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home. And then there's a version of it where you have someone help you. You watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully
3: Right. Amazing.
1: So do you have like a routine then or a step-by-step ritual when you know you want to sit down and necessarily channel? So for someone that's listening that wants to maybe explore this channeling within themselves and deeply connect within themselves, how might they go about doing that?
2: Uh, In the beginning, it was a process for me. It wasn't. um, I think everyone's process is different. Mm -hmm. For me, it seemed like I was teaching myself to channel because I was, the, the thoughts were coming in and then I learned, it was pretty easy for me to write the thoughts, you know, actually type them into my computer because I wrote a book with all of this. Uh, but the speaking it, I would train myself to do it, which seems ridiculous now, but I would go into my car in the basement of my building in San Francisco and, and did this in Seattle too. And I would get in my car because I didn't want even my neighbors to hear me do this. That's how much judgment I had around it. So I would go into my car and I would channel into my, my iPhone recorder And in the beginning, it was very weird and forced, and and I felt a lot of energy. It was really coming into my left side. And I came to understand that I conjured all of that, that my Mm -hmm. resistance to it and my judgment of it was creating that experience for myself. When I finally just relaxed into letting it flow, it just started flowing. And then when I started sharing it on the podcast, it flowed, but it flowed differently than it does now. Uh, There was a lot of breaks. Uh, there was almost an accent present that isn't present in the, in the channeling anymore. Uh, and again, that was my not being completely comfortable with it. The more comfortable I get with it, the more freely it just flows. And of course, the more I do it, the more comfortable I I become with it, just like anything else.
1: Right. So... What were your steps then when it came to taking the judgment out? Like, I know that it probably wasn't a step-by-step process, but was there any mindset that helped that you took into the process that allowed you to take that judgment away, or maybe just separate from it a bit so that you could allow it to flow?
2: Sure, it was more—it was detuning the the fear around it, uh, finding appreciation, which is a big part of our teachings. Finding appreciation for everything, because right. we find appreciation for something you detune the fear and the judgment and the negative energy around it and then it frees that up and it actually clears that out of your your vibration so when i found just appreciation for it and i wasn't trying to force it you know i wasn't pressuring myself to allow it oh i have to be able to speak this uh, or comparing myself to abraham you know all that stuff that we do when i detuned all of that then it started to just flow and now I can get into it as long as my I keep my vibration relatively high, especially when I know that I'm going to be going into a channeling scenario. You know, I'll, I'll do a meditation. I'll do things that make sure that my general vibration is already pretty high. I'm already connected in that state. Mm-hmm. So now all I need to do is I always invite the audience to do a little, um, you know, meditation with me to set an intention, to have it flow and to have their questions answered, even if they're not, you know, directly asking the questions and then it flows and I start speaking and they're just there and I'm in the background and I'm aware of it somewhat in the moment, but I have little recollection of it when I'm finished. And there are times that things flow out that I'm sort of in the background thinking, oh, my God, you know, I would have never (laughs) never imagined that in a million years. And, And that's where I learned to really trust it, to trust the authenticity of it, that, you know, having it come into my mind for my whole life, you know, I've had 53 years to trust that. And I do. But the spoken version of it, learning to trust that was a process. That, wow, this really isn't coming from me and this really is transformative for humanity and this really is authentic. And now I do trust it fully, but it took me stepping out in a big way and quitting my job and, and sharing it full time and doing all of these things to allow myself to, I, I sort of had to cross that threshold of trust for the spoken version of it. And then once I did, so much information has come out that is way beyond my intellect and way beyond uh you know my ability to to reason things and then once you learn it and once you learn the teachings it's almost like you're connecting dots in a way that we're not necessarily readily able to do as human beings but then once you do it's sort of like wow that makes so much sense
1: yeah it's It's like like you've known it all along yeah, you see something and then it's almost like you can't unsee it. You make a connection right. and then it's just there. And it's
2: yeah, like, and it's like that, wow, why didn't I think of that on my own? You know, yeah. why did I need this to do that? But whatever, you know, guides us there. If you're absorbing the message, then you are ready for it. Right. Your confirmation to connect the dots for yourself. That's all.
1: That's amazing. So at the beginning, you mentioned Taya practice, right? So explain to me, what is that?
2: So Taya is T-Y-A. It stands for Trust Your Abundance. Because I have come to understand that the, the key to living a joyous life, an abundant life, whatever that means to you, the, the term abundance to me is very broad. Abundance of happiness, abundance of health, abundance of fantastic experiences. It can mean an abundance of wealth and material things. I just like to point out my own experience of, of spending 20 years focusing on that to find myself not happy. But I found the key to all of this is trusting the universal process of creation. Because there's times that we are manifesting things that we don't want you know there are times that we're not in joy there's times that we are you know operating in low vibration or low energy or whatever you want to call it and that serves a purpose this vibrational flow creates everything so going down in vibration and creating obstacles in our lives and then going back up in vibration and solving them creates our expansion as human beings and as eternal strands of consciousness. So trusting the process of creation, even when things aren't going right, even when you're manifesting unwanted things or obstacles, or you think you're manifesting exactly what you want. And then it suddenly disappears. I think we all have that experience. That's learning the ability to trust through that process. It's very satisfying. It's a very satisfying way to live life because you're no longer judging yourself for being down. You're no longer judging your mistakes. You're no longer judging your imperfections. You're celebrating all of that stuff because all of that is what makes life is what makes physical our physical experience what it is. If we didn't have unwanted things, we wouldn't create anything. Think about it, if we just came and lived in perfection and we all got along and we all agreed about everything and we didn't need or want for anything, what would be the purpose of physical? There wouldn't be any expansion. So if you think about all of the things that we create as human beings, everything that we create really is is an answer to what we perceived as a problem. You know, building structures to live in, building modes of transportation so we can explore the world more readily, uh, modes of communication. All of these things create our expansion as a species, and that contributes to the expansion of the entire universe. The entire universe is created that way through vibrational flow, meaning unwanted conditions, things that we judge as unwanted that motivate us to change, to evolve, to get better at. That desire, that expansive desire that we all have and we're all very aware of it, that is the driving force of life, of creation. So thinking that in spirituality that we're going to move to this space where we all are living in harmony and getting along and everything's perfect and we don't want for anything and there's no more commerce. I understand how lovely that idea is. I believe that's our eternal state of being. But in physical, I see the value in the not-so-perfect stuff. And when you start to really live your life appreciating that then you're trusting the process of creation, and then you're able to have some level of joy and appreciation, no matter what's going on in your life, which is a a very different operating system for life than what we're taught in humanity.
1: Right. So would you say then that the belief of like, or the untrust then in the process could be a blockage, let's say for people that are trying to use things like the law of attraction or tap into their spirituality?
2: Sure. That, these are great questions, by the way. You're, you're,
1: <laughs> I'm just rolling off what you're saying. Yeah, you're Thank doing you a really so good
2: much. job zeroing right into, into what the audience is next on. I love it. So the, the idea of creation and expansion is, is rooted in this vibrational flow that we talk about. So the, the perfection of imperfection and learning to see the world through the eyes of source because I channel source. I believe everybody has source in them. In fact, I'm sure of it. And when you're at your best, you are one with source. That's where we get in our intuition, our solutions, all new thought and creation happens in that, that high source connection. So seeing the world through that lens of everything actually being perfect as it is and understanding that our old operating system that we are sort of adapt by default is so rooted in fear and judgment, but we're coming to understand now how that's not really serving us. All this fear and judgment that we run on in society creates these blocks. You know, I think you use the term block. This I used to use the term abundance block. So the things that we judge in our lives as bad and continue to judge them as bad, stick around. So, you know, there are elements of our childhood, perhaps, that we draw into our adult life experience, and we see different versions of transgressors, if you will, show up again and again and again and again. And the key to eradicating that, if you want to say that, is really detuning it. It's finding appreciation for the things that we're told not to appreciate, which is radical. Mm -hmm. But I teach this to people all over the world. And when you teach this radical practice to people, it radically changes their life experience because then they learn to view everything from this awakened source perspective that was actually there for us all along. We have just been taught to ignore it. We have been taught to, you know, fear God and obey and, and, and live the way that we're told to live. And we're taught to, you know, that we're not supposed to age. You know, age-defying makeup, and you know, we're we're not supposed to have a human experience. Uh, we're not supposed to be poor. We're not supposed to be overweight. We're not supposed to be bald. You know, all the things we're not supposed to be, because there's commerce tied to instilling these ideas of what perfection is.
1: Right.
2: But we're moving beyond that. We're becoming more sophisticated, uh, even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but we are. And, and and what I see happening is because. A physical environment, and the stream teaches this, is a polarized environment. And we see evidence of that in everything. Mm-hmm. There's sort of a left and right to everything, right? But the more we merge in that high vibration of source and appreciate all of it, there's no need to pick a side. In fact, the more you operate in what, what I would maybe call a lower vibration, the more you need to go pick a side, assign yourself to a belief system, and then decide that you're right and everyone else is wrong. You're sort of soothing, you're, you're operating fully in ego at that point. You're not balanced with source, because source doesn't see right and wrong, and that's hard for people to comprehend on the surface. A lot of people will hear these teachings and say, well, of course, someone who murders somebody, that's wrong. You don't want that. Well, we see that as human beings, and I understand that. You know, My, my desire as a human being is that no one's ever murdered again for the rest of time, right? Of course. I don't want that to happen to myself or anyone that I care about or even strangers. So I understand that, but source doesn't see us as human beings source sees us as eternal beings, having a very temporary human experience in in an earth environment in a physical vehicle. And when we come to earth, we lose that perspective by design so that we can have our unique human experience. But in our becoming more and more sophisticated, those that are going through what you might call an awakening process are understanding that source perspective more because it's part of us. And so Taya is not about operating like source and just being source and having no ego, no. because as long as we're human, we're going to have an ego. Right. we going to go up and down our spiral. We're, we're flawed and we're, we're meant to be flawed. So it's about balancing those things as much as we can in our lives so that you're balancing your ego, which is sort of the driver of your life with source, your soul, however you wanna call that, whatever you wanna call that, the sort of the, the energy that's calling you forward through your life experience. Come this way, come this way, continue to go move forward even when things seem dire, move this way. And, and you know if you've got your ego in balance with that, you're really operating at a source connected level. Which is a, a a state of joy regardless of conditions.
1: Right. So
2: when I, I knew that I was adapting the source perspective, when I stopped judging my current conditions, and stopped needing perfection, and stopped trying to put myself out there as perfect, you know, when I first started sharing this, you know, my all, all of a sudden all my social media accounts went from being little personal things to public figure, and there's a lot of pressure. You know, to, oh, if you're going to be a coach, you've got to look this way and your life has got to look that way. And right off the bat, I was like, well, I don't want to be a coach then. You know, I don't like that word that much for myself even. You know, I I seek to inspire through truth. And my truth is that I'm not perfect. Right. You know, my truth is I gained weight during COVID. My truth is I'm bald. My truth is my business is up and down. My truth is some days I am at the top of my spiral, I'm completely merged with source and I see the world with appreciation of all that is. And that is my way of being most of the time. Other days I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the, the perfection of imperfection is what it's all about. But the difference with Taya is that when we're down, we adapt an ability to trust. And we adapt an ability to see everything to, through the eyes of Source, because, like I said, that was available all along. So, if you were abused as a child or as an adult, or you know something really tragic happened, reframing these scenarios to from feeling like a victim, feeling out of control, feeling like it was something that was thrust upon us, to sort of just claiming ownership of our creation and ultimately finding appreciation for it. What's the silver lining in this for me? If I'm seeing through the eyes of source and I'm not judging as a human being, meaning we're eternal beings and nothing that's happening in our physical body is going to end what we are right? or even damage what we are eternally. It's just an experience from that perspective. Being able to pull that into our lives is so transformative. I work with people who have faced the worst Uh, You know, people whose children have been murdered and and things of that nature, who reframe those events to something of deep appreciation, not meaning that they're happy that it happened, appreciation of understanding and appreciation of the journey of their child in that, that instance. So I use those extreme examples because we always have something that until we learn to do that, we think, well, I could never appreciate that. In fact, you know, the, the low reviews on my podcast and the low reviews in my book are always the same. You know, how can I manifest cancer? How can I appreciate that manifestation? This is insane. Well, they're not ready for the practice yet, and that's okay. But for people that really want to move beyond the pain and the suffering of all of that, that's the key to it, is is, is a, a, finding appreciation for the experience, whatever it is that you're in or that you've had.
1: Right, almost like looking at the experience, like you said earlier, through the lens of non-judgment and just seeing it as like, either way it was gonna happen, you didn't have control over whether or not it happened to you. So is there a way you can just trust that it happened and that there's something that it can still give you out of it?
2: Well, that's why vibrational flow, that's so important to understand.
1: Right, so I'm a little curious then, If you had, let's say, the microphone and the whole world was listening for 10 seconds, what would you say? Like, what would be your message?
2: That it is possible to find appreciation for everything in your life and all of humanity. And it's a glorious state of being when you do.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming and spending your time having this conversation with me today. I will leave all the details of anyone that wants to find you in the description box down below. And if there's anything else you'd like to end with or anything you'd like to say?
2: No, I just really appreciate the opportunity to come on and share. I love sharing the stream with anyone who is, who is ready for their message. And, and you certainly were. So
1: I hope you guys enjoyed my chat today with David and outside of that, I'm sending you so much love and peace. And I will see all of you or talk to all of you in the next Co's video. Bye guys.